Yo, welcome to the Young and Christian Podcast. My name is Mackenzie Dorsonville. I'm a musician, photographer, growing apologist, growing evangelist, and lifelong student. Here's just where I plan to be real, where we talk about Jesus philosophy, mental health, relationships, race, culture, and honestly, whatever. Today's guest Friday um, with my boy Jake. And um, I appreciate Jake, man, because usually I'm a week ahead of these podcasts, but for some reason I just had a lot going on, and I'm actually recording this um, a week, a day before you guys hear it. So um, I appreciate Jake on his patience, and it's just his grace of working with me. Um, so I'm not going to stall again. Um, I'm going to allow Jake to just speak for himself. Let's go. Uh, welcome to Guest Friday. We got our man Jake. Um, man, uh, as I already said, man, I appreciate, uh, Jake be, just being so patient with me. Uh, you know how, uh, it's been hard trying to get a time to get this podcast. Yeah. Going, it's, uh, what's this? The third, third reschedule. <laughs> yeah. The third, third reschedule. Third time's a charm. That's what they say. Third right? time's a charm. Yeah. We got it now, man. Uh, introduce yourself, man, for people who don't know you. Word. Uh, yeah. My name's Jake. No, no relation to Jake from State Farm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like. People love that joke, and it's like a lot of people say it like they, they think they're the first person to say it, which, you know, I don't know. I'll let <laughs> it's like, you know, you got it. Like, I mean, yeah. what, what, when did that commercial come out? Probably had to be like 2012. Like, oh, that I don't cool. know. That I don't cool. know, bro. I'm, I'm just waiting for like people to just forget about it. But apparently the joke was unforgettable. Yeah, <laughs> that joke was old, man. <laughs> that joke was old. Um, sure. but yeah, I met you. I met you at your Dream Center. Um, I think... Uh, a reason why we clicked just because um hearing your testimony and hearing you rap actually because you're a rapper too you make yeah, music yeah, yeah. um bro just you know just uh if you could tell uh summarize your story um just of who you are what brought you to who you are today um yeah just go on whatever you feel sure. like to do. yeah i uh i think that like just who i am can really be surmised under three points and i'll the the I'll tell you like this, the, the order that I will state them in is, is the inverse of how I now carry them, but it was like kind of the order of operations for how I, I got to where I am now. So um, I've always been a person who has valued integrity. Uh, I think that, I think that just being a man is about being integral. I mean, you know, for women too, like, it's just about, Hey, like at some point in your life, you got to figure out who you are, what do you stand on? Um, and, and and can you stand on that same thing regardless of what circumstances are or do circumstances dictate what you stand in on? And if yeah. it's the latter, then I think you lack integrity. And I mean, I've been there. I've been in places where I completely lack integrity, but I've, I've wanted to be a man of integrity beyond anything else in my life. I'm like, yo, I, I want to be someone people look at me and they say, oh, he's honorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that in mind, like I have always just been diligent in like seeking truth, seeking what truly matters. Um, I remember when I was like a freshman and sophomore in high school, it was a youth Sunday at my church. So I grew up in a church and it was like, uh, they gave me an opportunity to speak in front of the congregation. And I just talked about uh, just like existentialism, really. I was like this this character in, in, in Roman culture. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, it might be Greek. Uh, I'm not, I could be confusing it, but it was this character who would push a boulder up a hill every single day. Um, and he would get to the top of the hill at the end of the day and he would lose strength 
and the boulder would just roll back down the hill. Mm. And his curse was he had to keep pushing that boulder up that same hill. And I think that one of my greatest fears in life has been that type of lifestyle. Like I never wanted to be the boulders just pushing the boulder up the hill over and over again. And so the message that I, I ended up teaching on was like against complacency. Like we should not be settling for yeah. these curses of just pushing this thing up and down the hill. Like that's not what we're called to be as Christians. That's not what we're called to be as people. Like for real, like human nature is not about complacency. Like when we get complacent, we get comfortable. That's when things really start going south for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think that, yeah, with, with that in mind, like I've always just been seeking truth. I want to know what we're here for. I want to know purpose. And I've studied just about every form of philosophy, um, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that kind of culminated most recently with the existential movement in the 18, 1900s, which basically said, hey, man, like we don't know what we're here for. It's pretty much meaningless as far as we can tell. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, you read like Ecclesiastes, it's just that everything is vanity. Everything is striving after wind. So um, I was really, really looking for a way to say, this is what I stand on. This is who I am. Uh, and so I started, I dropped out of college uh, and I was, I, I, over the last three years, I mean, I've been, I've been smoking weed since I was 13. So that's off rip is like, mm-hmm. um, I, that was a, a big mechanism for me to just discover myself. Um, I used it as a crutch. Uh, until it wasn't doing anything for me anymore. It was it was it ended up restricting me in the end when I thought it was something that was opening my mind. It ended up putting me in a box as a stoner, as yeah. someone who was depressed, someone who relied on a substance. Um, and beyond that, I you know got into Percocets. I got really addicted to those. Um, I was able you know to quit cold turkey on that, which I don't even know. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody who's struggled with opiates, that's really that's not an easy thing. Uh, and then withdrawals be real. I was going yeah. through it at work for like two weeks. Uh, but all this to say, like I was, I was from the time of 18 to 21, I was really trying to seek the truth. I was trying to seek some sort of fulfillment. Um, so I went to school and then I dropped out. And after I dropped out, I decided, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to show my folks. I'm going to show myself that I can, make a man out of myself. I can be this self-made type person. I could pull myself up by my bootstraps. So I started working at Wawa full time and I took all my bread out of that. And I started investing in real estate and with my brother and we bought two properties in two years, the ball was rolling. And then just due to interpersonal conflict, we realized we can't work together. Um, And, you know, they say don't mix family with business. I think that that is, that is wise. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you go into business, you got to really be careful that, you know, you got to make sure that your visions match up and um, your personalities match up. And if you got two alpha types trying to go into business at the same time and you don't strictly discern who is the alpha, mm-hmm. you're going to run into some blockades. Uh, so ended up tying my whole value into these investments. And now that's gone. Like my identity was just stripped from me. Um, and I'm, I work in construction now. Um, so I've been, you know, was honestly, I was at a point where I was like, damn, if I, if I'm working in construction, investing in real estate, like this could be who I am, you know, like this could really be me. 
um, I could really stand on this. This is all honorable, honorable profession, honorable investments. Like I really felt like I was finding something within myself and then, you know, started having beef with my coworker. And this is the whole same time as me losing control of the real estate business and just really came to a point of, of general confusion uh, in my life. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, dang, like I've really tried my hardest to figure out what are we supposed to be here for? And I can't find it. Um, I can't figure it out for the life of me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do every day when I wake up. You know, I enjoy my job. Uh, that's not to say I, st I still think it's an honorable profession. I still find integrity in my work. And, uh, but at the same time, it wasn't enough. Just like the real estate wasn't enough. Like, and so I started to realize, like, whenever we tie up our identities in anything on this earth, um, there's a timestamp on it. And when that timestamp hits, it's a wrap. Uh, our entire reality caves in on us. Um, and so I was, I was going through it. I met these folks at the Dream Center. Uh, this was a while ago. This was like February, long before I met you. But, uh, you know, I, I stepped, I strolled into Headwater House by accident and just started it just like really kicked off. Like when I went there, it was a small group. Um, just like seemed like uh, Jessica's the, the, I guess, founder, you could say, and some of the other leaders were just like looking for a group for themselves really to just be able to come into a creative space and just bounce ideas off each other. And then boom, it just blew up into this. We don't even know what it's going to be for real, for real. It's like went from when I was there, it was like 25 people in February and just was like, wow, I never expected this to be this many people. And then, you know, the John that you came to when June was like 80 people. Yeah, so it's, it's really taken off in a crazy way. But uh, so over the course of this time, since from February, when I was, you know, moved back in with my parents, just getting over withdrawals, quitting perks, uh, still smoking weed. Uh, at some point, my homie was like, yo, you trying to drop acid? And I was like, yeah, bet. Like, uh, I love tripping. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I was, uh, I was, I did probably, I did acid probably like six times in the last year. Um, and it was just, it was always, uh, it was always kind of like a building block experiment. It was just like each time I felt a little bit more comfortable in the space, like a little bit more comfortable in the distorted reality. And just, I want to just break down like what LSD does and just, uh, in a plain sense uh, that I think could be understood by anybody who's never tried it before. It's like, there's a line that you walk between tension and release when you're on LSD and the release feels amazing. But if you let tension build, I mean, that's when people describe bad trips. Uh, and the reason tension builds is because of this, especially when you take it in a group setting, I've never done it alone. Uh, but in a group setting, it, what it does is it makes you so aware of your insecurities, uh, the things that you don't like about yourself. Uh, it all just comes to the surface and you, you are so aware of it that you look around and you think everybody else sees what you're insecure about. And if you try to cover up those insecurities and try to act like the person you think you are in your mind, uh, people will be able to see right through it. And it won't click. So it's like, unless you act like in your actual natural state, which is with integrity, you know what I'm saying? You're going to build tension and then, you know, this was described as a bad trip. So I always, 
enjoyed LSD because I was like, it, it proved to me that I was like, okay, I, I am a person who seeks integrity because I don't trip out on this stuff because at the end of the day, I'm comfortable with who I am in my skin. So I'm, I'm comfortable with, you know, I, I'm still insecure about things, but they come up. Okay. I'm aware. I'm aware of what I'm insecure about. So it's all good. I'm realer than this. That's really what I thought. And so the last time I took it, I remember I'm sitting there with my homie and like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, yo, we really realer than LSD. Like I'm looking at him cause like me and him was just really cool, calm, collected. Um, you know, wasn't letting any of, any of the attempts to mess the vibe up. Wasn't letting it get to us. And then somehow, somehow things went really left. Uh, and it, I would say through my interpretation of it was we entered into the spiritual realm and dark forces were unleashed in a way that I had never experienced them before. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into too something too crazy that, you know, maybe, you know, people wouldn't, wouldn't understand and people wouldn't agree with. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Like, I think that we unleashed some dark forces and I felt like I had death on my neck. Like he was hanging on my neck and my natural instinct. And I, I mean, I, I wasn't like, I'm, I've been, you know, I grew up in the church. I've said I've been saved for about a year. Like I understood like God's grace for about a year, but like walking by faith, I would say it started this day, which was in March. And I instinctively knew when death was on my neck that I had only one option. Well, I had two options, but only one option was to save my life. And so it was either sit there and do nothing and allow my soul to perish or proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Um, and it's very difficult for me to explain sometimes, but it was very real to me. Uh, I think my, my heart rate had to be something like 190, 200 BPMs. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And beyond that, I thought that if I did have a heart attack in that moment, under the influence of that LSD, like my soul was going to go to Sheol. Like I was really going to be perishing. Uh, so within that, like, I just understood that if I sit here and I call on the name of Jesus, I'm going to be cool. And that's because Jesus is more powerful than death. And it was like, I came to grips with the reality that death comes for every single one of us. He knows every single one of us. He's ready to take each and every single one of us. And there is nothing that we can do to fight against death. But on the same tip, there's nothing death can do against the power of Jesus. He can't move a muscle unless Jesus condones it. Um, and it was crazy because I read Revelations the next day after all this kind of settled out. And I read Revelations the next day and it said, it described Jesus as the firstborn of the dead who went into Hades and took the keys and took the keys from death. And it kind of all just clicked in my head that, okay, wow. By Jesus dying on the cross, he didn't just die for our sins. He now has authority over death. Meaning that type of perish, that type of weight that was on my neck is not something that I would have to experience because of the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Um, but that outside of that grace and love, I might as well be dead already. I mean, and that was just kind of the conclusion I came to. And since then, 
I just been, I thought that weed was still okay, but then I'll smoke weed and I will get this in the same situation. Death right back on my neck. Proclaim the name of God or die like real rap. And, you know, I, I like I said, like, I don't want to throw anybody off because, you know, if people aren't, you know, keen to the spiritual realm and they think, all right, well, it's just a psychological thing. All right, cool. Either way, I came to this realization that Jesus is our integrity. Jesus is our truth. And because of that, the, the third thing going back to my beginning is that the third point that I'll make is that I am a child of God saved through grace by my faith in Jesus Christ as the name above all names, cornerstone yeah. of all prophets. And that is the end of truth. And that is the end of integrity. And obviously I still have to keep seeking the truth. I still have to keep trying to maintain integrity. I, I, I have, there's an infinite wealth of knowledge for me to be pulling from until I die. Uh, and just constantly try to grow closer to God. Um, and that's our purpose day to day is that there's never enough. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as honestly, yeah. like, and I've been sober now, like off everything for about two and a half months, uh, renounced taking LSD, renounced smoking weed. Like I just, I just cut these things out of my life. And I said, I'm going to focus on this thing called the Holy spirit and, and see what it's like to really be filled by it. Um, yeah. And you it's made, been, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was, it's been just countless revelations of, of God's truth and just understanding that, like, yeah, this is purpose. Like, this is true, intentional design for us, that this is what we're supposed to be living for. Uh, and everything else really is vanity. And I've experienced a lot that the world has offered. Like, I don't glorify or honor any of it, but, like, I went through all of this these things to just understand that, yeah, the world can offer gratification. The world can offer happiness. But gratification and happiness come at a price. But joy and fulfillment were already bought for us by the blood of Jesus. So, yeah, you made a lot of you made a lot of uh, points that I wanted to uh, tap into because um, you you the world that we live in, um, especially dealing with like young adults being young and Christian, um, I feel like there's so many different temptations and things mm -hmm. that we go through. Uh, whether it is we girls, sex, money. There's also there's there's something that's pulling us away. And mm. I think especially being young and Christian, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Like what, what how was your temptations after that? Like, would you go through any withdrawals? Be like, yo, I'm trying to smoke or trying to do anything. Like so cigarettes have been bad, man. Like I'll yeah. say that's been the hardest one. Like, and I, I still smoke a cigarette here and there. I'm not okay. Yeah. Like, um, because that's just that's just a real physical addiction. That nicotine is like, <sighs> yeah. It's, it's got the stupidest power in the planet. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I can't even explain, like, but anybody who smokes cigarettes know that it's really, it's really hard to kick them. But, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm working on that. I'm just praying through that, asking for grace when I do fall. Um, but I would say, uh, this is what I would say. Like, when you really walk in by faith, um, temptation doesn't come in the same way. It's not the same egregious sins, I would say. Uh, and you really just leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's it's the little things, right? Like allowing a seed of gossip, a seed of deceit, a seed of dissent. You know these these small impurities to enter into your life, and then they build up into bigger things. Like so, for example, like this week, I was struggling with anger and contempt, and 
because of that, like lust was making its way back into my life. And just like I was looking at girls today, like, wow, like, dang, like, come on, I thought we was past this. Lust is huge, uh, bro. It, it's huge. really huge. And it was lust like, it was like almost like me, me having had the window open to anger. Like he just pulled lust up through the window. You know what I'm saying? The same window that he came through was like, he's, oh, yo, you might as well jump in here too, lust. And so, um, so speaking to temptations as, as being young and Christian is I think that we really have to look out for the small things. Cause I mean, that's really how the enemy can knock us off our path. It's just little seeds of dissent. It'd be a little disagreement you have with somebody. It'd be, you know, a, a little way you look at a girl, it'd be a little lie that you tell, whether it's to yourself or to somebody else. And just any break, any breach of your integrity is really, I think, the small temptations that we need to be looking out for as as young Christians. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, like even you know, uh, if your right arm causes you to sin, you know, cut it off. But in the same sense, like for example, if I know that you know I'm gonna compromise and putting myself in a certain situation, you know, what I mean, just I might as well cut it off there because you know I think things like um, lust, pornography, those things yeah. were huge for me. You know what I mean? And it's like that stuff doesn't just pop up. There's the small things bleed to those things. So it's yeah. like try to cut it off at the root. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And then, yeah, just speaking to temptations for, for those not walking with God is like, like, all I can really say is like, listen, you could, I mean, it's the concept of chasing the dragon. I don't know if that's Confucianism or Buddhism, uh, but it's the idea that the, any like it's i mean you could here's a better way to explain it the law of diminishing returns that's an economic law uh, and when you study economics they use a base term of utils which are described as like happiness points when they're talking about you know returns on investments and different things like that they use this this util uh, which is a unit for measuring happiness and they always say that like you know, if I if I eat two pieces of pizza, like I'll get like this amount of happiness. You know, what I'm saying if I eat three pieces of pizza, I might get a little bit happier than if I eat two pieces. But if I eat four pieces of pizza, well, now I'm losing happiness. Now I'm getting to a point where I eat too much. I feel bad about myself. My stomach hurts. So to that end, um, the law of diminishing returns says that no matter what you invest in, at a certain point, it will bring you back either less or at a lesser rate what you, than what you put in. You do know what I'm saying? So, and I think that that's the greatest lie of sin is that you can gratify, 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 and then at some point gratification becomes fulfillment. And that's just wrong. Like gratification comes at a cost every single time. Um, and if you pursue any, any one dragon, any one investment, whether it be pizza, whether it be drugs, like whether it be sex, like at some point there's going to be a day where you feel empty and I can speak an experience from sexual sin to addiction to bloodlust. You know I mean, like a lot of different types of situations I can speak to and say, yeah, like, you know, you think that doing this will bring you fulfillment. It won't, it can bring you gratification. It can bring you happiness in a moment. Uh, but so true yeah. fulfillment comes from one place. So my question to you was like, what, what made you, for example, what made you want to put that stuff down? Like what was so attractive about the cross? What was so attractive about Christianity to be like, nah, this just really ain't for me. Other than like conviction, obviously, you know what I mean? Right. So I would say that conviction was the start, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
obviously like dang i thought i was gonna die like for real yeah. so it was like right. you know i gotta change how i'm carrying myself but then once i began to change how i carried myself and just the the things that i was giving my energy to i was realizing that like when i invest into god when i invest into time of prayer when i invest into reading the word when i invest into the holy spirit here's one thing that goes against the law of diminishing returns, bro. Like, bro, right? Like this is increasing. Like God's, you know, promises to bring us from glory to glory to glory. So like I, just over the last three months, I have seen God move in ways that I'd never thought imaginable. And the crazy thing is I'm only 22, bro. So this is just mm-hmm. the beginning. So if mm-hmm. I keep on this path, I know for a fact that like, I'm going to see, I'm going to see God so much. Like, and, and it's like come to the point where I said, all the time now like watching god move is the greatest show on earth like having the holy spirit flow through you is the greatest drug on earth like like these things like they they actually beyond giving fulfillment they do gratify you in moments Mm -hmm. like and 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 i think that that's a lie that the enemy tells about like tells non-believers about christianity is that it's boring it's mundane you're missing out on all this cool stuff no, nah, bro, if you're really walking with the Holy Spirit, like, I promise you, your life is going to be electric. Like, it's not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to be boring. Like, it's it's really going to change your perspective on what really matters. Like, what really life is sit. about. Exactly, bro. So, like, mm-hmm. for me now, I'm at a point where, and I, I I always think of like anime characters who get like really wise and then they teach the young boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. they get like they surpass powers yeah. beyond anybody's imagination. And like I don't know if you ever seen Hunter X Hunter, but like the main the main old head in that joint, he he like reached his max limitations as a fighter, and then he went out into the wilderness and for like some like ten years he throwing what he calls punches of gratitude, meaning. Each time before he throws a punch, he comes together, he prays, and he says, I am grateful for everything I have been granted, all the powers that I have been given, and I appreciate, like, what the, like, what the universe has done for me. Obviously, he's not praying to, like, God the Father or to Jesus. Like, he's, like, he's praying to, you know, the universe, basically. Mm-hmm. And the universe rewards his gratitude by granting him greater power. Um, so it's, like, to me, that's kind of, like, how I view my faith is like, yo, if I continue to walk in obedience, if I continue to seek God, he's going to continue to show himself to me in greater ways. And I was talking to my one homie about this, about like how it's difficult for like us as young men to submit to anything. Well, if I'm going to submit to something, it better be the creator of the universe. You do what I'll say it. Like, yeah, for sure. and so there, there's a real beauty and empowerment in that of like, I'm not just, submitting to rule of law i'm not just submitting to a a doctrine i'm submitting to a personal god who cares about me and wants to see me grow Mm -hmm. um in the ways that i want to see me grow you know what i'm saying and in my true heart of hearts like i like i think that we are all blessed in god's image and we all have this desire to be like him but we just don't know how to get there Mm -hmm. And that's because the only way to get there is through the Holy Spirit, through leaning on his power. You gain his power. Um, and not to say that we become equal of God, but it's just like kind of like we are just eternal apprentices on this earth as long as we walk here, just learning how to conquer evil. Yeah. Um, In the end, could you um could you pull out that verse that you uh, that I first heard you rap at Headwater towards the end of the podcast? Because I think it would kind of flow in really well, especially what you were just saying. 
Yeah, facts. But yeah, um, bro, yeah, it's it's so crazy because even I think even in in even in my dis- disobedience, like of course you want to be obedient to right to to learn, but even in my disobedience, it's like God was still making Himself known to me because He wanted to develop bro. that personal relationship. Like me and you Amen. know, our testimonies are kind of similar it's like god still make himself known like you know what i mean in genesis when it says you know um in the beginning god created the heavens and earth um something something but then it's like uh his spirit hovered over the uh the darkness um his spirit yeah. was still there you know that's how i can yeah. kind of feel like in my life even though you know my life was dark you know his yeah. spirit was just still sovereign over everything you know what Amen. i mean um so yeah bro um it, it, it's crazy um what would you say to uh because we we wrapping up um what would you say to uh, young adults who battle these temptations? Uh, and what would you say to, for the church, how can we better support those individuals that struggle with like lust, drugs, all these things that we all have common, uh, like just battles to against? You know what yeah. I mean? So I would say for anybody battling anything, um, I think we first, the first step is to step outside of oneself and understand two things. And these aren't theological things, uh, but I think that they are rooted in theology. Um, So the two things that I would say is understand this. Pain and pleasure are on the same coin. They are just two different sides of that coin. Meaning at the end of all pain is where you find pleasure. And the end of all pleasure is where you find pain. Right. So with that in mind, I think that it, we try to distinguish too often between what is good and what is bad. Like mostly everything we have here is pretty much bad with capabilities of being good. You dig what I'm saying? Like, it's like we so often try to separate hurt and pain from pleasure when they really should be going hand in hand. And when we have that understanding, I think that we see, that our sin is what's causing our pain. Our seeking of pleasure is what's causing our pain. And our pain is what is causing us to seek pleasure. Um, And then I think the other just tip I would give is that uh, if, if say, you know, we make up a measurement, say my most traumatic experience is to 10 degrees, right? 10 degrees out of, out of 15, right? And your most traumatic experience is, is on the same scale, 13 degrees out of 15. So objectively, you have experienced more trauma than me. Because if we're using the same scale, you're a 13, I'm a 10. But subjectively, I mean, from our own experiences, mm-hmm. We both had a 15. You do know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's my rock bottom is my rock bottom is my rock bottom. So my my point there is like don't play comparison games right. with your sin, your struggle. Um because it's all the same. It's like if we're doing the wrong thing, we know it. If we're yeah. doing the right thing, we know it. Um and yeah, just to understand that our pleasure is driving our pain, our pain is driving our pleasure and we can't compare pain from one person to the next because my greatest pain is my greatest pain. And you bring that greatest pain up to the God of the universe, the father in heaven. 
I, I, I can say your life will change. And I'm not a promise maker nor a promise keeper, but I can say if you truly bring that up to God with, with pure intent and say, God, this is how I'm really hurting. This is the pleasure that I'm seeking to relieve that pain. That pain. Um, I think he will bring you out of both of those things. And then you'll be able to look back and say, okay, like for me, I look back and I say, wow, weed was fueling my depression. And my depression was fueling my use of weed. And that's how I see it now. It was very difficult for me to see it while I was in the situation. Um, so just try and gain perspective. Yeah. And don't First, think you're uh, alone. Word, yeah, words from broken people, two broken people on this call, bro, that needed um, God, that needed the sovereignty of God, um, that Fact. just couldn't couldn't walk without without him. You know what I mean? So it's like not someone talking over you, but actually coming down to that level and be like, yeah, like we've been through it. You know what I mean? And there's a way out. Um, yeah. So Facts. what would you say uh, to to the church? How could we better support individuals like that? Um, so honestly, this, this I just had a conversation with this about this with a lot of my homies. We was talking about just like the LGBT community, and uh, I won't uh, like without specifically speaking on you know any particular sin. Um, something that I have learned, and this is something my pop used to always say, but now I really get it, is to separate a a sin from a sinner. Mm, um, yeah, and I think that the church does a really bad job of that, uh, just in general in America is we see sin and we condemn the sinner. Mm -hmm. Condemnation is not our job. Mm -hmm. Our job is to speak love. Mm -hmm. Our job is to meet people where they are at, just as God met us wherever we were at. Cause like you said, we, you know, God can use disobedience too. God used my disobedience of, you know, using LSD to bring me to a place of understanding the spiritual realm, understanding the deep, the evil forces that be, um in this world and and without without my disobedience I'm, i probably wouldn't have the same understanding and clarity that i have today but just understanding that god can use every not can god does use everything for his glory um and our job as the church is to show god's love mm-hmm. and we we are we are plugged into god we are having an active relationship with him we are receiving love and grace from him to a point where it overflows. Um, And if you are a Christian and you don't feel like love and grace are overflowing in your life, then you need to plug back into God before you go try and speak into somebody else's life. Because if you're not overflowing from that fullness, like Jesus was given the spirit without measure. Um, We can't handle the spirit without measure. We got to ask for it portion by portion. but the only way we can really speak life and love into somebody else's life is if we are pulling from the source of all life. Okay. Yes, sir. Amen, yeah, that's man. what I would say. Amen, man. We can close out with your rap if you got it. You, yeah, I got it. Um, I got that, John. For sure. Um, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna just say this. Yeah, I'm gonna just say this. This rap. Uh, when I met him, man, we were we were just this rap impacted me. Um, so I just wanted him to share it while we end off here. So whenever you're ready, bro. Yeah, yeah, let me just find this job real quick. Okay. Here yeah, we go. Cool. Um, so yeah, I just I wrote this with the idea of taking off the old self and putting on the new self in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, just this concept that yo, if we really 
if we really want to walk with God, first we must weigh the cost. Uh, you know, like Jesus talks about, like, you know, a builder does not start a project, doesn't take on a project unless he first weighs the cost. Because what kind of builder gets halfway through a project and realizes he doesn't have enough materials? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so we each individually must weigh our own costs in our hearts and then with confidence put on the new self through the grace of Jesus. So I'm about to spit in acapella. <clears throat> Here we go. I cannot lie. I love getting high. I used to smoke loud. I used to get fried. I used to be hating. I hated my life. Forgiving my brother was far from my mind. Them perks had me shot out, controlling my life. I lost my will. I lost my heart. Then God quickly filled took me back to the start. He showed me my fears. He showed me the dark. Death on my neck. I was tripping too hard. I took it too far. Then with my last bar, down to my last breath, the light of the world breathed life in my chest. When I sang his praise, when I lifted his name, he cleaned all the stains, brought me back from the brink. Where my soul should perish, he shows me his grace. Now I can't go back because everything's changed. Uh. I'm still getting high. I'm still on the drug, but this one is different. It comes from above. It comes through his love, lays on me like a dove, taking me higher through taking me higher through fire, washing my pain with his rain. Jesus saved my life. I won't be the same. Jesus saved my life. I won't be the same. Jesus saved my life. I won't be the same. I won't be the same. I can't be the same. I'll no longer be stuck in between. I no longer need these chains that held me. So send me a dream. God send me a dream. And I'll fight for you. Let me be on your team. Father, hold me. Father, hold me until I am free from the life in between. Amen, brother. Amen. Oh, yeah, see, that 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 matched uh, completely what we was talking about, man. I I appreciate your uh, your vulnerability and transparency uh, talking about those things, man. But um, yeah. Any final words, man? We closing it out here. So you don't yeah, got um, socials, but anything that you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, slide the head Waterhouse first Friday every month. 5500 sure. Tabor Ave. Yeah. Uh, 7 p.m. Yeah, sure. 7 Yeah, 7 p.m. I think it starts at 7.30, but I tell people 7 p.m. For sure, for um, sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, just get plugged in, man. Like, it's a great place, whether you saved or not, come out and, and create with us. Because, I mean, Mackenzie can attest, this is a dope creative space oh, man, for anybody for sure. who... Anybody who has a song on their heart, not even just singers, those for uh, graphic designers, photographers, artists, yeah. photographers, songwriters, producers. All that, yeah. And if you have a creative gift, slide. If you don't think you have a creative gift, slide. slide. I'll show you what your creative <laughs> gift is. You know? For sure. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I would say. Other than that, man, like, if if you seek the truth. I promise you, you'll find it, man. Like I said, I'm not the promise maker nor the promise keeper, but anybody out there, if you really seek truth, God will show himself to you. Amen, amen, amen. Man, shout out my boy Jake, man. Um, just being fully transparent about um, just the things he went through, and that's kind of what we need um, sometimes. Because then someone could look at him and it's like, okay, I was in that situation, but there's hope, you know. He's on a different drug now. Um, something way more fulfilling than any other drug that um, just couldn't. Um, so, yeah. You could be listening to any other podcast, listening to anything else, but you're right here with us. Thank you for choosing the Young Christian Podcast. I'm going to see y'all soon.